When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Digital Audio Health by Cymatrax. Welcome to the Rhonda Grant Show with your host, Rhonda Grant. If you believe that there is more to life than what you see right now and you want to find out more, listen in as her guests share their journey and their extraordinary experiences. Now, here is your host, Rhonda Grant. Welcome to the Rhonda Grant Show. Sometimes the universe has a way of placing people or obstacles in your path to help guide and direct you on your mission. Listen in as we discover the path my guest has traveled. Has he been inspired by a calling, crafted his journey, or a bit of both? I invite you to embrace the conversations and to use them to help you to recognize if this is happening in your life. Our guest today is Rich Trigger Bontager. Rich is the creator and host of How to Rock the Stage Show, airing live each Wednesday night. Rich hosts the National Speakers Association, NSA, podcaster, author forums, and the new NSA live show, Behind the Scenes. Entrepreneurs, executives, and speakers hire Rich to unleash their brand authority by learning media-savvy skills that help them shine on camera and stage. Welcome to the Rhonda Grant Show, Rich. Thanks for having me, Rhonda. Great to be here today. I'm so excited for our journey together. You've had three near-death experiences, and I'm really curious about that. So I'm wondering if you could talk about that and how did each one of them change you or the ones that you want to talk about? Yeah, no, uh, part of my life is defying the odds. Those three near-death experiences have really been a part of who I am, part of what I talk about, but it is an amazing part that, you know, people joke about the nine lives of a cat. I've, I've, I've used yeah. three of the nine so far, maybe. Wow. <laughs> if you believe in that. <laughs> but so at birth, the number one was at birth, my parents were told very quickly, I had a childhood disease, really long, really long name, mm-hmm. cytomegalic inclusion disease. For wow. short, it's CMV. Back in the 60s, every child they had been found that had it had died either pre-birth stillbirth shortly thereafter. So when they found out I had CMV, the doctor literally told my parents, your son's going to die. He's alive. We're going to go put him in those little, you know, kind of nesting beds. And that was the beginning of waiting to watch little Richie die. Uh, After a week, they said, take your child home. He's going to die, but we need the beds for other people. My parents did not take a picture of me until I was three months old. When they, mm-hmm. when they realized little Richie is still alive. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I don't have any of those pre-early childhood pictures until I'm three months old. And mm-hmm. that was something that now they also realize I have bad eyes. I'm deaf. 
in one year. They think it's all a side effect of what I had as a viral disease. Since then, they figured out more kids probably did su- did survive. They were not diagnosed, and they've now had other medical treatments to help people out. But I was one of the first ones that they knew he's a freak. He should be dead, mm-hmm. and he's still alive and kicking. The second one was a fire accident at age 10. Mm-hmm. My older brother, it was the, the week before Halloween. Uh, we're out of school on a Friday. The teachers are all doing their you know, in-service days. Uh, my brother is making, um, he's making gunpowder and playing with a chemistry set in a garage. And I come walking in with my friends and I see an open bottle with liquid and I pick it up and I start walking around. It was not labeled, not capped, but the fumes of the alcohol were going throughout the room and the alcohol fumes ignited and showered down fireball on me and I caught on fire at age 10. Oh. Ran through and my brother put me out. We were both Boy Scouts. We did the tuck roll and the whole that thing. Uh, there was a moment where everyone thought I was going to die. I had uh, second degree burns on my face, first degree burns on my chest and third degree tourniquet burn on my right leg. Mm-hmm. And when they walked, when they wheeled me out to the ambulance, they had a white sheet over me because I was so exposed to the elements, all the neighbors believe little Richie was dead because there was a white sheet going the ambulance to nowhere. The third one was uh, coming up on March, it will be six year anniversary of a liver transplant. Mm-hmm. Uh, and over eight years ago now, we stumbled upon the fact uh, my liver was failing and dying. I did not know it. Um, when they found it, it was 75% dead never coming back. I was living on a 25% liver. They said, my body is already dead. My mind and my heart and my soul have not caught up with the fact that you're a walking zombie. You're dead. It took three more years until I finally got to the point that I qualified for a liver transplant. And on March 27, 2017, uh, I received the greatest gift you could ever get is someone else died so I could live. Mm -hmm. I got a new liver and here I am now living a great life, having a great time. Hmm. And how long did it take you to recover? Once did they have to remove all of your diseased yeah. liver? Yeah, to- mine was so far gone, so bad. They were not going to do a partial. Uh, mm-hmm. The Mayo Clinic rarely does those anymore, anyways. But they knew from the beginning, since it was seventy-five percent dead, there's no way they could do a partial. They told me and my then wife at the time, literally, your husband is dead already. We can't do a partial. We need a full transplant, but he's not sick enough yet. He doesn't meet the criteria medically to qualify for a transplant. So he has to get worse so we can help him out. And that's that was the journey of three years. We literally went home that day from the doctors. No more salt, no more of this. I went to a radical diet immediately. Mm-hmm. I walked out of the hospital and we cleared the cupboards and I began a whole new way of living for those three years until I got to the transplant. Mm-hmm. Now, was that... Uh, your liver dying part of the disease that you were born with is that great question you picked mm-hmm. up on that mm-hmm. there is unofficial correlated evidence that people with liver failures may have encountered cmv there are some studies emerging it may be one of those latent things um again they never found the root cause of my liver failure never so we don't know and that's one of the things that I'm fascinated about myself is that something that goes all the way back to that birth. Mm-hmm. Well, the kid should have died, but he didn't live. And then here we are in his mid fifties 
having a major life incident. Mm -hmm. How did that change your outlook on life and your commitment to express the reason that you've come here? I mean, you've come here for a reason. If you have oh, yeah. beat the odds three times in a row, um, can you speak? And that's not me? counting my stutter. I, I have lived with a lifelong stutter and I'm a professional broadcaster that coaches people to speak better. So should be dead three times and I shouldn't okay. have the career that I have. So yes, the defy thing is a huge part of my life. And does it inspire you uh, that you have accomplished because stuttering, it's, it takes a long time to get over stuttering. Yes. Uh, what is the cause of it? We, I don't think people do know. No, there is no set medical blank. This is what it is and how it happens. Do you feel that you have been saved from these in order to do certain things? 100%. There's not even a doubt in my mind. My, my faith is an integral part of my life and it always has been an integral part a life for me, but when you go through these and you keep rising back up, you keep defying the odds. Um, to me, it says there's a mission, there's a purpose, I'm here, there's a higher power that's leading me. Mm -hmm. um, and I cannot ignore that with anything that I do in my life. Um, the fact that before they do the liver transplant, they do a two week psych eval and test of every kind that you can imagine. At the end of the psyche vow, they sat me down and they revealed because if you're not mentally ready to receive okay. and then take care of yourself for recovery process, they don't green light it. If you have too many mental, emotional issues, they're like, we can't do it yet. They literally sat down with my file. The gal leaned in and said, you're the happiest, sick, dead man I've ever seen. Oh, geez. I've got the raccoon eyes, my sunken face. I'm slurring my words. I'm still driving my car. Uh, but you're the happiest sick dead man we've ever seen. She said, why? And I simply explained my faith a little bit. And mm -hmm. he said, you're the happiest guy we've ever seen. And I said, look, I'm good to go. Whether this works or doesn't work, I'm good to go. And she mm -hmm. closed the file and said, we're done here. You can leave. Mm-hmm. She said that was the shortest interview she's ever done with anybody because she said, I could not understand how you can be so joyful, playful, mm -hmm. despite literally being at death doors, but you just seem so squared away. She was like, get out of here. Don't need to talk to you. Mm -hmm. That's, that's my mentality of where I've been for so much of my life that I just live in a different state of that confidence. The faith has a lot to do with it, but I've overcome. So I'm an optimist. I'm a hopeful dreamer believer that you can mm -hmm. do the impossible mm -hmm. you said something interesting there state and people uh, sometimes don't realize and it's your state of being and it's your natural state of being it's the state of being you've came here with i mean you can work at helping yourself uh, to increase your state but fundamentally if you're optimistic Mm -hmm. and you live in a wonderful place in your body and your head, then that transforms you. And people see that. People see that light in you. And and you were a pastor. When yeah. when were you a pastor? So that's overlapped throughout my entire broadcast career. So in my mid-20s, I mm -hmm. uh, went into full-time church ministry while also being a broadcaster. Um, so sometimes they would call me Pastor Trigger. 
and so, okay. <laughs> so it's fun. The, the two universes blend together and it did extremely well being a community outreach focused pastor. The community knew me extremely well. So during that time, we launched a church and planted a church. So my family and one other person, six people started a church that grew and grew and grew. And we eventually launched our own coffee shop for an outreach center. Massive dream, big dream, big mm. hopes. Again, defying the odds. What is a guy who stutters that should be dead doing leading a congregation and doing this? Well, who better who better than you to be doing it though? And well, that's exactly what I thought. And mm -hmm. many other people caught that too, of like, this guy is one of those that lives the faith and lives the defy the odds. He believes in the impossible. Mm -hmm. What a better guy to lead us into the impossible. Ah. And it's fun to be in that space. So you're right. It's all about that state of being. It, it's, it, it all goes back to every day. I believe life is a great adventure. I've lived that mantra all my life. Mm -hmm. So every day I get up and my state of being is I've got my calendar. I've got my plans, but I really have no idea what's going to happen. Yes. So my idea is I'm just going to go step into it. And self-actualize. Yeah. Mm -hmm. How did you end up with the name? Uh, nickname trigger <laughs> <laughs> that is probably the number one question i get everywhere i go which is okay fun, which is fun yeah. um when i was in my early broadcasting days i was very fortunate to work in minnesota and build relationship with um minnesota timberwolves minnesota vikings broadcasters and uh, players and coaches i was very fortunate there's a now famous broadcaster named kevin harlan you may know his name from the nba and fox sports Kevin at the time was uh, still relatively early in his career, but he was working with the Minnesota Timberwolves. I got to know him and the broadcast team. They they got to know me to the point where I could go in and be downstairs for all the prep time. I got to hang out backstage with the guy doing that stuff. And my personality and my brand was being the girl, but I didn't have a brand yet. Uh, but mm -hmm. they were always talking about you're popping off. You somehow get people to call in. You're Mr. Energizer Bunny. And they kept trying to say, Bond Traeger will not stick. In in this industry, no one's gonna remember Bond Traeger. Okay. And then they finally, Kevin literally said, You're always popping off. You're always popping off. Bond Traeger. Why don't you just go with Trigger? And everyone in the room said, That's it. And so 30 plus years ago, Kevin Harlan dubbed me Trigger. And now there's six pages of Google. And more people know me by Trigger than they know me by Rich. Right. And again, that's another gift. That's another mm -hmm. one of those things that as people now try to get branding and marketing and people are trying to figure out how to identify themselves, I was given that 30 years ago. I would be and a fool, Rhonda, to walk yeah. away from that brand. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's serendipitous, really, that that happened. Oh, yes. And again, today, his career has taken off at so many levels that I probably would not get access to him the way I had access back in that day. And it right. was an amazing time to yeah. be in those circles and to have those private conversations and then have that happen. Um, it's, it's, it's amazing. And that, that name has now led to a career coaching <laughs> professionalism, but people now know trigger before they really know me. People have heard of me. I've walked in the rooms and it's the weirdest thing. Yeah. Hey, that's that guy trigger, isn't it? <laughs> there, that's that, that's that guy trigger. Yeah, there he is. <laughs> Did that help you, uh, break into the broadcasting and really set the stage for uh, and your following 
So it definitely, definitely helped it. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I had a great partner. We were at the same, we were at three stations for seven years together. That usually doesn't happen too often in the sports world. You usually break up and move. We were very fortunate to be together. So we had a good identity as a team. We launched a show called Brad and the Trigger in the morning. So the brand began to take off rather quickly. And mm-hmm. people like nicknames naturally. So yes. again, like I said, even though I was pastoring a church, I'd go do football games. People are saying, hey, Trigger. I'd go do a basketball game, Trigger. I walk through Walmart. I could have someone from my church say Pastor Rich or Pastor Trigger. Mm-hmm. I could have people from the sports side say, hey, Trigger, all in the same Walmart. And it became this universal overlay of professional broadcasting, guy that everyone knows in the city, um, and the brand and the confidence went higher and higher, quicker and quicker. Because now yes. it really was sticking. I didn't have to prove myself. I didn't have to overwork too hard. It was something that was organically and naturally happened because Trigger was something people thought was cool. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. You're listening to the Rhonda Grant Show right now, whose podcast has been treated with digital audio health by my sponsor, Cymatrex. And I am speaking with Trigger, Rich Bontager. Can you let us know how people may reach out to you? Yeah, the easiest way is rich at richbontrager.net. I still take all my own emails, so it's directly coming to me, I promise. And then you can go to rockthestagemedia.com. Mm-hmm. That's the website. Learn all about what we do with media marketing, branding, and helping you elevate. I help people shine on camera and stage so that they can have their brand get elevated. My my, my goal is to help you shine now. People have helped me shine. I get to help you shine. Yes. And the name of your show is, uh, well, you're the creator and host of How to Rock the Stage Show. Yes. And it's all about media all the time. I have movie directors, writers, authors, speakers come in and share their expertise while we share mine as well but it's a live virtual streaming show and we have it's every Wednesday night you'll find it on multiple platforms you can register and join us live and join the virtual audience uh and it's a fabulous show and it's there to help you learn grow and mature in your broadcasting skills Mm -hmm. well and you have a lot of uh teaching and uh, you just uh, came. You just came back from Miami, uh, where you were involved in Blue Talk. And yes, uh, yes. and and uh, the morsels that you were uh, helping the speakers with while you were there. Well, you've done Blue Talks. You know how much fun it is. You, it you, is. You know the amazing speakers, mm-hmm. the, the the quality, and the ours was from all over the world. We had global people come into Miami. Mm-hmm. Um, I was talking about that media authority, the media brand of you, that you don't need NBC, ABC, CBS. You don't need all those things anymore. You can become your own brand and elevate yourself and what you do and the expertise you are. The biggest thing I like to people know is no matter what industry or business you are in, you have a stage now. COVID changed the world. You have school teachers have a stage. Car Mm -hmm. mechanics have a stage now. You literally have your own stage and platform. The trick is to learn how to leverage it, present on it, and use it to bring revenue and grow your brand authority as an expert in your in your niche. Uh, and that's what I was down there speaking about, of how you do this and how you use content, how you chop it up, repurpose it, but how you can elevate yourself in a way that you do get the likes, the fans, the followers, and the clients that you deserve. Mm-hmm. And you're very good at it. Um, your teaching ability is incredible. 
And even though people may know some of those things that you talk about, the fact that you're bringing it to our the forefront again, to our attention, it gets people excited. Oh, yes, I forgot that I should be repurposing that speech, that book chapter, whatever it is. And, and doing that really helps uh, create the followers and, and, um, and, and I just love it. I really well, do. Well, thank you. Uh, yeah. Yeah, you're very, you're very, very skilled at what you do. I so, I'm so excited about what you're doing. Uh, do you feel that you've been called to your journey, Rich? 100%. Mm -hmm. uh, again, as a kid with a stutter, and I go back to my faith in the story of Moses from the Bible, um, God picks the most unlikely people sometimes to step onto whatever stage or position or platform. Um, and I do feel that from the church ministry to the speaking, um, I believe God's called me to speak. Mm -hmm. And I got I've spoken goosebumps. in many different reasons, but that's what I'm called to do. I got goosebumps when you said that. And and what is the phrase again? God calls the most unlikely people. Yes. Throughout mm -hmm. the Bible, he has picked the misfits, the the castoffs, the rejects, and he asked them to step in. And those are the labels that we put on them. Those are not the label that God puts on us. Mm -hmm. So again, as a kid that stutters with bad eyesight, with bad hearing, I was bullied a lot. That's the label of mankind. But his yes. label was mm -hmm. be something different and stand up and speak. Mm -hmm. What a great teaching for our listeners. A great teaching for our listeners. Because the people who have the hardest time and end up having they look like they're an overnight success, right? <laughs> the, right? There's no yeah. overnight success. It is a daily challenge to be someone like you and to uh, defy the odds, really. And that's what we've talked about. Mm -hmm. Just, I mean, the just, first 18 years were rough. It's mm -hmm. amazing what's happened in the second stage of my life. And it's amazing what's happening now and that mid-later expanse as I go into the second half of life, the doors are even getting bigger and bigger. Expectation, the dreams are coming alive that never expected. And it's because I'm simply doing what I've been called to do, stand up and speak. And when you are in the true essence of yourself and you feel that you've been called to do what you're doing, the doors of opportunity do uh, fly open. Um, but you arrive differently than other people do. The level, your vibrational frequency, people feel that from you and um, they enjoy it and they want to be in your company. Well, so thank you. Uh, it's fantastic. It really is. What extraordinary discovery have you found in your life? What extraordinary discovery have I found in my life? Um, it's interesting. I still feel like a 15-year-old kid. Oh, I still know all the ins and outs and all the foibles that I have, despite the accolades and the 30 years of career and the amazing journey I've been on, the things I've seen, the people I've met. I'm still that 15-year-old kid, and I'm okay with that. Mm -hmm. I think part of what I've discovered in life is I think we also have that inner child. We still have that inner spark, and I would never want to lose that curiosity, the playfulness, the fun of being a kid that believes in the great adventure. I I love the Lord of the Rings. 
I love mm-hmm. the life of adventure and dreaming and those type of narratives. Um, so if I ever lose that part, I think it's gonna be a big disappointment. So part of what I've discovered is it's okay to embrace that inner child, mm-hmm. be a full grown adult, have a full killing, great career. And I can still be the playful young kid that I always was. Mm-hmm. And years ago, uh, people would uh, think that dreamers were not really didn't have their feet on the ground. You're a dreamer, right. you know. <laughs> and today, those are our thought leaders, the people that are dreamers, the people who are contemplative. Um, and uh, so I'm really glad that you said that you're a dreamer. So our listeners, if you're if you're it, you know, if you're a dreamer, tap into that. That's your oh, yes. uh, that's your true essence right there. I identify with Walt Disney. Mm-hmm. He would take some the ideas, the dreams and. Everyone else did all the business. They took care of all the business, all the money. His brother did that. Other people worked on the projects. His job, going back to your question, his calling was to be the dreamer that created the mouse and created these amazing places that people pay, pay thousands of dollars to go to, mm-hmm. but it's all those lifelong experiences. His job was the dream. I think there's something to be said to never lose that spark. Uh, a Peter Pan never grew up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, maybe it's okay not to fully grow up. Well, yes, because uh, and because you live in a state of curiosity and uh, and all of that. And when you do that and you dream and you sit and think and contemplate and write all of those uh, ideas down, uh, there's gold in that for sure. And in this creative industry that I live, mm-hmm. if I was not creative... 15 year old still today, I would not have the creative genius that I have today that, that, that you referenced earlier. Mm-hmm. If I was trying to be all professional, all adult, like I thought when I was a kid, what adult looks like and behave like, I thought they were so serious and boring. Oh, now I that I'm too. in my mid fifties, I'm like, <laughs> no, we, we all like, act like me. We're, we're all a bunch of kids dressed up in grown up clothes. That, that's all we are. Yeah. The more I embrace that and share that, the more fun it is for everyone else to be free to really embrace that. Yes. Uh, and when you embrace it, anybody that you come in, in contact with, they it almost gives them permission to embrace their authentic self. Uh, one of the and, and I often bring this up on my shows is one of the greatest things, greatest quotes that Dr. Joel Bryant, as you know, uh, yeah. Dr. Joel Bryant is. Yes. And uh, very, uh, very intelligent man. He said that we human beings have the capacity for immensity that is huge and if Mm -hmm. you even sit with that and if you said to yourself i Rhonda grant rich bontager trigger have the capacity for immensity how that would change your life every day so going back to my early childhood with the stutter and what they call disabilities the hearing the eyesight and stuff they tried to put me in the special education and -hmm. they kept saying you know your child back back then the phrase was dumb. Okay. Mm-hmm. We call it something else now, but back then, just to tell you, the phrase was dumb. Oh. I, I heard that from teachers, from people that studied me, and that was implanted on me. But at the same time, my parents said, No, you don't understand. Mm-hmm. My father was a lawyer and a judge. Oh. They said, This kid knows legal terms. He understands legal terms. Mm-hmm. The problem is he can't get them from his head to his mouth to come out properly. So right. he is not dumb at all. He's probably one of the most intelligent kids. He reads like all the time high level books 
The problem is it's trapped inside and doesn't know how to get it out. Once I figure it out, how to slow the speed of my brain, the speed of my mouth, and get them synced up and run at the same speed, right? I could get it out of me. Without any coaching, without any professional help, I figured out how to balance those two machines, the mouth and the brain. Mm-hmm. Once that unlocked, it then changed from being a detriment to people said, oh, he is really smart. So that limiting belief thing that was being put on me now mm-hmm. got pulled aside and said it was new expectations. Yes. And when I said, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, people actually started to believe it because I believed in myself. They saw that I wasn't dumb. It's amazing how much we limit people instead of labels. Yes. How we label them instead of lifting them up Mm -hmm. to give them permission to fly, to give them permission to dream, permission to advance forward. So again, that's one of the other things I've learned that don't hold people down. When they have these wild, crazy dreams, we're going to go to the moon. We went to the moon. We went. (laughs) I know. It's okay to speak bold and wild. Don't. Don't pour water on someone that wants to have that big, hairy, audacious goal. The mm-hmm. BHAGs, let them go. Let them have fun. And for me, that's been the other part of my journey has been no one's going to define me ever again. They try. They fail. Mm-hmm. They're not going to define me. Mm-hmm. And I would encourage anyone listening to shake that off to no matter what they label, brand you, what box they try to put you in. There is no box. I knew that this was going to be a fantastic interview. You have not let me down. (laughs) The teaching here, uh, the parents that are sitting at home that may have a child that has some challenges has just been inspired today. You know, that's one of the privileges. Um, I love going before auditoriums and talking to students. I have a whole talk on stutter to stage. And I share the stories. Did you know that Darth Vader stutters? James Earl Jones, who just recently passed away, overcame a stutter you know that bruce willis the actor stutters you know Uh, that julia roberts stutters there's a massive list of people that we think are rock stars that battle the same thing i did Mm -hmm. and their accolades by the standards that we say are great are amazing people that we look to Mm -hmm. you can defy the odds with whatever it is Mm mm-hmm with whatever it is. Thank you so much for being on the Rhonda Grant Show. I've so enjoyed you. Thank you, Ron. It's been a pleasure. It's been a long time coming, but we got her done. It has, yes. We've known each other for a while. Yeah, so I've loved it. It's a privilege to be here. Thank you very much. Theme song for the Rhonda Grant Show, Sun on the Water, is composed and performed by my friend, John Park Wheeler. This is Rhonda Grant with the Rhonda Grant Show author of Magical Forces Within, Extraordinary Discoveries in an Ordinary Life, inviting you to look for the magical forces within yourself today and every day. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for tuning in to the Rhonda Grant Show with your host, Rhonda Grant. If you would like to find out more information about Rhonda and her upcoming guests and the work that she does, go to her website, rondagrantauthor.com. That's rondagrantauthor.com. Digital Audio Health by Cymatrax.